Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. And uh, we're going to read a few verses, just a few verses, share a few thoughts with you from Jeremiah chapter 29. Before we read those verses, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever been in a situation or circumstances or maybe a location you didn't want to be there? Like COVID-19. Somebody say, hey, man, COVID-19. Have you ever been in a situation where you just said, man, I don't want to be here. Have you ever been going through circumstances and you say, man, I want this to be over really quick. Maybe even a place where you say, man, I want to be here. Well, that's where we are in Jeremiah chapter 29. God's people are in Babylon. They don't want to be there. They want to be in Jerusalem. They want to be in Judah. But unfortunately, they're going to be there for the long haul. They're going to be there for a while. Jeremiah chapter 29, I'll read out loud, you read along with me silently. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 through 14. The Bible says, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives and to the priest and to the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away cap a captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse number 2, after that... Jeconiah, the king and the queen and the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem and the carpenters and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem by the hand of Elisa, the son of Shaphan and Gebariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, the king of Judah, sent unto Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts of God, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives. I want you to notice these next few words. Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Those are God's words. Verse 5. Build ye houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters and wives for your sons. And give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. I want you to notice verse number 7 from Jeremiah's letter to these folks who are in Babylon. And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away, and pray unto the Lord for it, for Babylon. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you into my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, the, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Aren't you glad that God knows what's going on? Somebody say amen. For I know the thoughts that I think to you. And that word thoughts literally means purpose. For I know the purpose that I have towards you or for you. 
saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. Verse number 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, Liberty Baptist Church. We're thankful for Pastor Thompson, his family. I know this is a big day for them, a big time for them. They're sending their eldest off to college. I pray for them during this time. We pray, God, that you would bless the service today. We pray that you'd be with us. We pray that we would leave this place a little bit different than we came to this place. We're thankful for the, the time of worship, the time of fellowship. We ask that Christ would be exalted, your people would be edified. And if there's somebody here this morning that does not know the Lord Jesus, we pray that their hearts would be touched, their need would be recognized. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. By the way, we have prayer cards somewhere. I, uh, at the tables over there, I always forget to mention I'm a missionary. I should always mention this. We do have some prayer cards. I encourage you to grab one and remember to pray for us. I love Jeremiah chapter 29. I've always loved Jeremiah chapter 29. I love the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29 is, let me give you a little background to the story, just give you a couple thoughts to go home and ponder on this afternoon. In Jeremiah chapter 29, God's people, many of God's people are now in Babylon. They don't want to be there. They're surrounded by godlessness. They're surrounded by paganism. They don't like what's going on. They don't like being where they are. They wish they could go back home. Unfortunately, this is God's will for their lives for this time. Have you ever been anywhere Or gone through anything where you said, God, man, I really want you to change this. Somebody say amen. How many of you have been there the last six months? Can I get an amen on that? I mean, the last six months, many of us have questioned, what is going on? My wife and I arrived here for a furlough just in time for COVID-19. What a time to come as a missionary. And we had to, we had to go ahead and quarantine for two weeks, and I... I think I shared it uh, with Pastor previously. We uh, quarantined for two weeks, and then the first day I was done quarantining, I went to teach Bible college Zoom class, praise the Lord, a Zoom class, and I got a fever. First day off of quarantine. I said, you've got to be kidding me. So my wife and I were staying in my aunt's house. We quarantined ourselves from one another. She stayed on one side of the house. I stayed on the other side of the house. We wore masks in the house. She wouldn't talk to me. I tried to get a kiss from her. She said, absolutely not. No way, Jose. And by the way, I didn't have COVID, and it was just a fever. But you know how it is during this time. You get a little scratchy throat, and you cough, and, and all the, I've got the virus, especially in March. By the way, March was the longest year in my 63 years of life. Somebody say amen. When we would go through March, I'm thinking, when is this month going to be over? And a lot of us have felt that way. And, you know, first we couldn't have services. We couldn't have services anywhere. So everything was online. By the way, hi, folks. I've always wanted to be a TV preacher. Thank you for coming. But uh, we had to have services online. And then we were allowed to come inside. 
and we were inside, and we were social distancing, and we were wearing masks, and all of a sudden, governor said, nope, can't do that anymore. Then we have to go outside, right? And it keeps changing like every 24 hours. Somebody say amen. And it's frustrating. It's discouraging. That's exactly how they felt. Many of us want to say, uh, let's get back to normal. Has anybody said, can we get back to some sense of normalcy? Uh, uh, my home pastor at Pacific Baptist Church, he says, I hate the phrase, the new normal. Well, you may, you may hate it, but you got to live with it for a while. Somebody say amen. That's exactly what we have here. God's people do not want to be where they're at. They're going through some things that they don't want to go through. They're surrounded by people don't have their values. Hello? Have you watched the news lately? Hello? Have you got a little nervous lately looking at the news? Somebody say, man, this is not a good time to watch the news. And they're surrounded by people who don't talk like them. They don't think like them. And they're doing things that are forbidden by the word of God. And they're just saying, we want out of here. Jeremiah is still in Jerusalem. So Jeremiah sends a letter to them. And it's read to them. And they're excited at first. They're thinking, great. The prophet is going to give us some good news. God's going to deliver us. This is all going to be over. We're going to get to go back to Jerusalem. We're going to go back to Judah. But no such luck. Basically, Jeremiah says, sorry, folks. You're stuck for a while. You're stuck for a while. But in this passage of Scripture, there are some amazing lessons that we can apply to our situation even today. One author wrote, uh, wrote a book called Thriving in Babylon, Why Hope, Humility, and Wisdom Matter in a Godless Culture. He said these words, we live in a world gone haywire. Can, can somebody say amen on that one? Our moral fabric seems to be decaying at, break, at breakneck speed. Things that were once shamefully hidden are now publicly celebrated. The previously unimaginable has become commonplace. In a few short decades, our culture's response to Bible-believing Christians has gone from grudging respect to a patronizing pat on the head to a marginalizing indifference to outright hostility. Have you seen a little hostility lately? He said it's mind-boggling. And he says it's a bit scary. He goes on to say in order to survive and thrive in our modern-day Babylon, we'll need more than good intentions, high moral standards, and a fast start. We'll need a genuine and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Somebody say amen. One that produces a harvest of righteousness. Another author in another book about Babylon, the church in Babylon, wrote these words. The church in Babylon, those four words plunge us into the heart of our present cultural context here in the West, here in America, here in California. You think about everything that's been going on the last few months, actually the last few years. He goes on, and we're called to be the church in the midst of rampant idolatry, violence, false religions, willful spiritual blindness. We live in a sexualized culture bent on defiance of biblical authority. We need to be strong, courageous, and gracious, but also uncompromising as witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ in the midst of this culture. 
We must learn, he says, how to conduct ourselves as a minority in a majority post-Christian world. For those of us who are older and that we've known the Lord for years and we've walked with God and we've been in church for years, we've seen a lot of disturbing changes to America. Both of these authors and the Word of God would say to you and me today, are you stuck in Babylon? No problem. Can I just remind all of us this morning, God is on his throne. Nothing that's going on in America has caught God off guard. There are no surprises to God. Now, you and I may be shocked. You and I may be discouraged. You and I may be frustrated. But God is still sitting on his throne. He hasn't shaken, been shaken the least bit. Not only is God still on his throne, Jesus Christ is still Lord of all. Can I get an amen on that? He's Lord over a global pandemic. He's Lord over a government overreach. Somebody say amen. He's Lord over the, the riots, uh, the peaceful protests. They become lawless riots. He's Lord of all. He's got control of it. Nothing catches God by surprise. And that's what the book of Jeremiah is about. That's specifically Jeremiah chapter 29. And this morning, just for a few moments, I want to share a few thoughts from Jeremiah chapter 29. I'm going to get you out of here so you can get out of the sun, get you out of here so you can go eat. Somebody say amen. You are Baptist. I know what it's like. Okay. I, this, by the way, this is COVID-19 right here. <laughs> yeah. I go back to Asia. They're going to say, who are you? Anyway, let me give you a couple of principles real quickly from Jeremiah chapter 29 that worth pondering on. First of all, from verses 1, 4, and 7, in the midst of Babylon, we must recognize that it is God that has allowed us to be in the midst of these difficult and trying days. If you read verses 1, 4, and 7, you'll see in verse 1, uh, Jeremiah refers to the fact that Nebuchadnezzar carried them into Babylon. But in verse number 4 and 7, he changes it around. He says, God has carried you into Babylon. And may I remind you this morning, it doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter how discouraging it might look. It doesn't matter uh, how the circumstances seem a little bit dreary. And it doesn't matter, by the way, don't, we're always looking for somebody to blame. Somebody, somebody say amen. It's the president's fault. It's the Democrats' fault. It's China's fault. I, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. God has allowed it for this season. Can somebody say amen? And that is one lesson that we learn from this passage of Scripture. God brought them into Babylon. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would God allow them to go to Babylon? Why would God bring them into Babylon? Not by the way, it was judgment. But why would God do this? You know, as the heavens are higher than the earth, God's ways, God's thoughts are a lot higher than mine. Somebody say amen. You know, God does a lot of things I just can't figure out. You know, when my father was murdered, I just couldn't figure it out. Now, God didn't murder my father, but God allowed it to happen. God is sovereign. And we need to recognize that this morning because in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of all the different trials and troubles of the day, as an outsider looking in, because I've lived in Asia for seven and a half years, I sort of come here and I look, I say, man, we're not taking this very well as Christians. 
God is in control and God's allowed us to go through these various trials that we're going through. And that is so, so, so very important. But there's another lesson I'd like for us to consider this morning from this passage of Scripture. And it's found in verses 5 through 8. He says, build houses. He said, get married and have children. Plant vineyards. And what is the lesson there? Do what you can to be fruitful and fulfilled in the midst of Babylon. By the way, what a joy it was to, to see the baptisms today. Somebody say amen. What a joy it is to see this wonderful crowd here today. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. We, by, by the way, God's people have always been stuck in Babylon. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Now, for many, many years in America, as Christians, I mean, we, we had it sort of easy. But can I just tell you something? The dark days are here. The troubling days, the discouraging days are here. But God says, just keep going forward. Be fruitful for me. Somebody say amen. So in the midst of Babylon, we need to recognize God's allowed it. In the midst of Babylon, these troubling days, we need to recognize that God wants us to be fruitful and fulfilled in the midst of Babylon. By the way, he says, seek the peace of the city. Pray to the Lord for it. That word peace is shalom. It means peace and prosperity. You know what you should be doing and what I should be doing? Praying for Newport Beach and the surrounding area here and for the churches and for the city and for the politicians and for the people that God would bless them. What do we do in the midst of a godless culture? We pray that God would bless them in the midst of a godless culture. And those of us who have been Christian for a long time, we, we know this is true. Yeah, the story of Joseph, the story of Daniel, God has always blessed even the ungodly people because of his people. So one thing we should do is we should seek to for the peace of the city, I'm so thankful. As a matter of fact, I was with Brother Doug yesterday, uh, McMains, and we we had some fellowship with a couple men. Uh, one of the guys has a Firebird. Man, <laughs> help me! I want to drive that thing. So I'm gonna take my wife on a date with that. But we had a good time of fellowship. But he mentioned that uh, God's blessed Liberty Baptist in in recent days during the crisis and during the COVID-19 and the lockdowns and everything, and said, especially when it comes to benevolence, we've been able to help many people. By the way, I'll be talking more about that uh, this evening. During this time, we should be a blessing to others. We should be out to help others. Over the last five months, uh, God's allowed us to funnel about $15,000 to the poor and needy in Asia because they lost their jobs because of COVID-19. But there is no unemployment. There is no stimulus package. They depend on the generosity of God's people. So when we're in the midst of a time like this, what is one of the best things we could do? Be a blessing, be a help, be an encouragement. There's a lot of people who are scared today. There's a lot of people who are hurting today. There's a lot of folks who've lost their jobs today. There's some people who've lost loved ones today. What we ought to do is we ought to be an encouragement to them. Quickly, we need to move on. Number three, in the midst of Babylon, be careful who you're listening to. We see that in verses eight and nine. During this time, there were some false prophets. There were some men who were given bad counsel and bad advice. By the way, can I tell you something? Don't get your counsel and your advice from the media, from the political pundits. Get it from the word of God. Somebody say amen. I, I often say this because I'm real big on discipling people. I, I've often said this. 
God's people in America were, were, were sort of weak on discipleship. A lot of people are not being discipled, but I've changed my view on that. We are being discipled, but we're being discipled by the media, by the political pundits of the day. Can I say something? In the midst of Babylon, we need to get in the Word of God. We need to spend time in the Word of God. We need to be like Mary, the story of Mary and Martha. Martha was really busy, but Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing the words of Jesus. Be careful who you listen to. Look, we want to make sure that our perspective is God's perspective. We want to make sure that the things that we're saying aren't from a political pundit, aren't from Facebook, somebody say amen, aren't from uh, Instagram, aren't from Twitter, but they're from God's word. Jeremiah warned them because the prophets were saying, oh, peace, peace, everything's going to be okay, and in two years, God's going to deliver us, but that wasn't the message. But there's another lesson, and this is the most important lesson. In the midst of Babylon... We need to make seeking, knowing, and loving God our highest priority. Look at, if you would, again, if you have a Bible still open, Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me. Can everybody say seek me? You shall seek me and find me. Can everybody say find me? When you shall search for me with all of your heart. And verse 14, and I will be found of you. How many of you are old enough to remember the game hide and seek? Anybody remember the game hide and seek? Oh, that was a wonderful game when our children were small. We, I loved playing with our five children, hide and seek. And, you know, when they're small, uh, it's really easy a game to play. You can literally stand in front of them and they can't see you. I would go in the bathtub and hide behind the shower curtains. And they'd say, Daddy, where are you at? I'd say, ah, ha, 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 you can't find me. And I, they would hide in the closet. And I'd walk by, where's Jeremy? Where's Josh? Where's John? Where's Jessica? Where's Joy? Did I get all the names right? And where, <laughs> when you got all those J's, it's really messed up. But anyway... And uh, they would be in the closet. They're supposed to hide from me, and they're laughing and that type of thing. I used to love playing the game, uh, the game hide and seek with my children. You know, God plays hide and seek with us. In our vernacular, we'd say sometimes God plays hard to get. You say, "What do you mean?" God is desiring a people who will seek Him with all of their heart. And God says specifically here through Jeremiah, if you'll seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. You say, well, Brother Johnny, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, you know what? I'm not sure what you're going through today. We're all going through COVID-19. We're all going through the different uh, issues of the day. But maybe you're going through a a rough time in your marriage. Maybe you're having a rough time with your teenagers. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe somebody near and dear to you is ill. You're in a situation and you're going through circumstances. You don't want to be there. But for this time, that's where God has you. 
remember years ago when my uh, mother got very ill. My mother got saved at a, an older age. She was a member of our church at Pacific Baptist Church, and she was already ill. She had all kinds of illnesses already, but then she got cancer. And I was very close to my mother because I, I, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I was in and out of jail as a young man. Drugs and that kind of a lifestyle didn't get saved till I was in the military at the age of 21. And nobody believed me. My father and I did not get along. But my mother always believed in me. She would visit me when I was in jail and she'd start crying. And I'd oh, mom, quit, quit crying. Nothing like a mother crying. You can't take it. And I loved my mother dearly. When she got cancer and her body started withering away, it was a difficult time for me. But you know what I found out about that time? And when my father got murdered and when my 13-year-old nephew uh, walked out of a church service in Long Beach on a Wednesday night, got hit by a car, got ushered into eternity after midweek Bible study, when my grandbaby died while we were in China and I had to come do the funeral of our granddaughter, here's what I have found. That in the midst of trials and troubles, circumstances that we did not ask for, that we did not want, God is there. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I want you to know that God is there. I, I don't know the feelings that you're experiencing this morning, but I want you to know that God is there. And may we learn the lessons of the Jews during the time of Jeremiah. They were in a place they want, didn't want to be. They were surrounded by a godless people that didn't think like them, didn't look like them, didn't have the same values they had. But God, through Jeremiah, said, I have you right where I want you. Church, this is our time to shine. It's our time to shine for God. If we're going to shine for God, we have to understand God put us in this generation, this time, this place for a purpose. And we need to recognize that we, we need to give ourselves to be fruitful and faithful during these days. We need to understand without a shadow of doubt, God has a purpose for us during this time. Don't, don't well, I wish we could go back to the old days. The old days are gone. Today is the day that God has for you and me right where we're at. And most of all, may we grow in our love for Christ. May we seek him with all of our hearts. I, tell you, I say this Often, during a time of crisis and catastrophe, trials and troubles, God's trying to do three things. Number one, he's trying to draw us closer to Christ. Number two, he's trying to make us a little bit more like Christ. And number three, he's trying to draw us to a place of greater commitment to Christ. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Let's not complain about the day we live in. Let's consecrate our lives to seek God and seek the will of God for our lives during this time. Let's stand. Let's pray. I'm going to ask a question. I'll have a brief word of prayer. Then I'll turn the invitation over to your pastor. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. 
I wonder if this morning you, you know the Lord, you, you're serving the Lord, you love the Lord, that's why you're here today. But maybe you've become a little bit discouraged, maybe a little frustrated in recent days, maybe a little irritated about what's going on. I wonder if maybe this morning God has spoken to you through this passage of Scripture. With our heads bowed, eyes closed, I'd like to pray for you, with you. You say, God has spoken to me this morning, and I, I, I want to apply some of those principles to my heart and life from Jeremiah 29. If you're like that today, just slip up here, and I'd like to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. I see those in many hands. God bless you. You can put them down. Thank you. Thank you. And then let me say this, and I'll turn the invitation over to Pastor after I have a brief word of prayer. Maybe this morning you're visiting, or maybe you've been coming for a while. Maybe you, you don't understand a lot of things that I've said. Maybe this morning you don't know the Lord. You know, I'm a missionary. I travel eight, 9,000 miles to tell people about Jesus. It would be remiss of me to not say this morning to you, if you're not 100% sure that if you die today, that he you could call heaven your home, I have some really good news for you. That God, that God that I've been talking about, we should seek with all of our heart. He's been seeking you, and he wants to find you today. I wasn't seeking God when I didn't know the Lord, but he was seeking me. He found me. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would encourage you this morning to trust Christ as your Savior. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.